Okay, so I just wanted to share a little bit about our thoughts and our heart for these summer weeks. Mike, uh, not Mike and I, sorry Mike, I'm getting you back in, back in the eldership stuff already. You've still got a few more months. Yeah. Uh, Pete and I were uh, having some time together and really just thinking about what it was uh, that God has laid on our heart for this season, particularly um, in the season that we, we, we're still in really, thinking about what it is to be the people who are led by the Spirit, who are a faith adventuring community and you know, following on from last weekend in particular, where we'd had Grantley and Floss with us and um, just their input uh, and their encouragement, um, particularly around signs and wonders and, and moving in the gifts and outworking of the Holy Spirit. And we, think, we were thinking, okay, how do we, what's the next step for us then? Because we want to be those who press on into these things. It's not that we're done with that now. Actually, this is the time for us to really press into uh, those things that we've been exploring and discovering over the last few weeks. And one of the things that Peter had really felt was, um, was from the book of Acts. And in Acts chapter 3, Peter is speaking in front of the people after uh, they've just seen someone healed. And in Acts chapter 3, in verse, uh, verse 19, um, Peter says this. He says, Repent therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. See, there's something about being in the presence of God where refreshing comes. And so this, I know this in particular was what Pete brought to me, just this real feeling of actually over this summertime, we want to be those who are seeking God's presence, to be seeking more of the Holy Spirit, and that as we do so, that times of refreshing will come. We often see the summer as a time for that, don't we? When we think about school holidays, time to go away, maybe time to, to rest up a little. Actually, we see this as a season of refreshing. And so we really want to be pressing into that as a church. Having opportunities to wait on God, having opportunities to seek Him, having opportunities to pray for one another, to seek words for one another, to encourage uh, one another. So that's part of our heart and what we're hoping will Really what we're trusting, more than hoping, we're trusting will uh, come through over these next few weeks. But more than that, and actually something that was very strongly in our minds, uh, was really coming from 1 Corinthians 13. This is going to be a passage of scripture that many of you may have heard a number of times. Uh, could be very familiar. But I'm going to read, we're going to read through that today. We're going to unpack some things. And even if it's a familiar um, passage to you, I just encourage you just to listen to it with, with fresh ears. Because sometimes when we're familiar with things, we can lose the... We, we think we, we've heard it and we know it. And actually we might miss what God is saying to us. And I'm going to read this. And then hopefully as I'm reading this, you'll see where we're coming from. Particularly, again, through the last few months we've had in terms of looking at being a people who are led by the Spirit. And pressing on in the things of the Spirit. And particularly with last weekend. 1 Corinthians 13. Paul writes this, he says, I may speak in different languages of men or even angels, but if I do not have love, then I am only a noisy bell or a ringing cymbal. I may have the gift of prophecy. I may understand all the secret things of God and all knowledge, and I may have faith so great that I can move mountains, but even with all these things, if I do not have love, then I am nothing. I may give everything I have to feed the poor, and I may even give my body as an offering to be burned, but I gain nothing by doing these things if I do not have love. 
Paul's asking this question of why. Why do you do the things that you do? Who's ever been asked that question? Why did you do that? Sometimes it comes out of a genuine curiosity. Oh, why did you do that? That's interesting. I want to know he did it. Oftentimes it can come from a place of frustration, can't it? Why did you do that? And actually it's a question that we often ask. And it's a question that gets us thinking about our motivation. Why is it that we do the things that we do? And this is really the question that Paul is asking in the beginning part of this chapter. For us to think about what it is that is driving us. To think about what it is that is motivating us. To think about why, what it is that is uh, making us do the things that we are doing or in, in, instructing us in the things that we're doing. And I think actually this is a very timely word for us to be thinking about at this time. Because we've been, been over the last few weeks, we've been thinking about uh, gifts of the Spirit and working in the things of the Spirit about prophecy and faith and healing. Also extending that about actually what does that mean for, for us as a community but for our, for our neighbours and those in our neighbourhoods, actually, we could be those who are looking after the poor and, and caring for, for those who are in need at this time. And we can um, do all of these things, and all of these things are good things, but there's a warning here from Paul, isn't there? Actually, for us to check our hearts and think about what is the reason why we're doing it? And are we doing it from a place of love? And so, over the next few weeks, we're going to be focusing on love. Because we think, actually... Everything that we've been talking about, about being a people who are, uh, are, are led, filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, stepping out into the things of the Spirit, being courageous as God leads us uh, in loving, in serving one another, uh, and, and in using the gifts that He has given to us. Actually, we want to make sure that we're building good foundations, that actually as we're pressing into these things and, and stepping into these things, we're doing it from a place of love. And we'll explore this a little, a little more next week. Because actually the two things that we are called to above everything else is to love God with everything that we have. And then the second thing, which is like the first, is to love people. So actually, when we're talking about prophecy, and we're talking about faith, we're talking about healing, we're talking about looking after the poor. All of those things, if you like, have to come under that umbrella of loving God and loving our neighbour. So we're going to just unpack some of that over the next few weeks. We're going to think about that. We're going to discuss that. We're going to work that through because actually we want to make sure as we're doing these things, we're doing it, it's coming from the right place. If you can hear my heart within that. We want to do it because we love God and we want to do it because we love people. So we're going to consider that over the next few weeks. Okay, on your tables, there's a bit of paper, there's some pens, on your tables, just very quickly, I'm going to time this, I'm going to give you one minute, uh, and I want you to, children, this is going to be, definitely, if you've got children on your table, children, you're going to need to help the grown-ups on these. Uh, we are going to describe some things, I'm going to give you one minute, uh, and I want you to, on your tables, come up with as many words as you can to describe an elephant, go. That was elephant. Sorry, I said that very quickly. Oh, that's time. Well done. How did we do? Good. Sounded like everyone was chatting right to the end, so it sounded like there was lots of, lots of words coming through. Let's give this another go. Let's change the subject. You're going to have one minute to write down as many words as you can that describe summer. Hey, and that's time on that one. Fantastic. How are we doing? We're doing okay? 
managing to come up with enough words. We're going to do one more. We're going to do one more. So you're going to have, I'll, I'll say it as clearly as I can this time, because the last two times I haven't. You're going to have another minute, although you may need more time than a minute, but I'm only going to give you a minute. As many words as you can to describe love. Okay, that's your time. I imagine, I imagine that actually for all of those three words we were describing, we could have gone on if I'd given you more than a minute. It's quite interesting actually, that last one, from my perspective at the front, seemed a little less chaotic. The first two people were like, no, 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 no. But that one seemed a little bit more measured uh, and a little bit more considered perhaps. But I don't know how you found that when it came to describing love. You see, sometimes there are words that are quite simple to describe. They're quite easy. Things might come to our mind straight away. But actually, love is something that is perhaps not so simple to describe. Do you know, in, in English, we have one word to describe love. Many other nations, many other languages have more than one. They have quite a few different words. Just to cover this, which kind of um, pick up different aspects of love, which I think is very helpful, actually. But you see, in this passage that Paul is writing in this letter, he starts off talking about love as our why, why we do the things that we do. But then he also goes on to describe the how. How do we love people well? How do we love one another? You see, he continues, he goes on. I wonder actually whether you had some of these on your list. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. He continues, he says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous. It does not brag and it is not proud. Love is not rude, is not selfish, does not become angry easily. Love does not remember wrongs done against it. Love takes no pleasure in evil, but rejoices over the truth. Love patiently accepts all things. It always trusts, always hopes, and always continues strong. There's a definition to start with, isn't there? About what love is, about what it looks like to love people well. And what we see here is that this type of love that Paul is calling us to, this type of love that God is calling us to, is what we could describe as self-sacrificial love. Where actually it's all about the other and not about us. Did you see that on the way through? It's about not being selfish. It's about not remembering wrongs that have been done against us. It's about forgiveness. It's about rejoicing over others and the good things that are going on in their life. Actually, it's all about the other and how we treat the other and how we see the other. And actually what we see, that this is the very love actually that God loves us with. Isn't it? This is the love that God loves us with. If you go through, and actually we can just recognise, I'm sure all of us, moments in our life where we're like, actually God, you have been exactly like that to me. You've been exactly like that to me. So actually the call on us as followers of Jesus is to be those who love like Jesus himself loves. And we see probably the very greatest example of self-sacrificial love when we look to the cross. And we see that Jesus gave everything of himself. 
because he loved the world so much. And actually, one of the things we're going to be doing a little later in our worship is there's going to be an opportunity to share communion. And when we come to share communion, we celebrate and we remember the love that God has shown us through Jesus. And we thank him for the love demonstrated so very clearly for us on the cross through his life, through his death, and then through his resurrection. Just very, very quickly on your tables, maybe just with one or two around you. I'm going to pick up just on one of these descriptions of love. And then just very quickly on the tables, I want you to describe actually where you've seen an example of that, maybe in the last week. Pick up an example where you've seen someone has loved in that, in that way. And then share if something comes to mind actually in the last week of a way that you have shown love, that kind of love as well. So we're going to look at love is kind. So just with someone next to you, have you seen an example of someone loving where love is kind? Maybe you've been able to show love in that way to someone. Just chat with someone on your table about an example of that. Okay. If you just want to draw those conversations to a close. I just think it can be really helpful for us actually, for us to, to take time in our days to recognise where we've witnessed people loving well, but actually also for us to think about whether we've been loving people well. May I encourage you, maybe just as a really helpful exercise over the next week or so, this would be a good one for, for parents to do with children, but actually for all of us to do. Maybe at the end of the day, take one of these uh, descriptions of love, whether it's love being patient or kind or not jealous or whichever one, work your way through that passage. Pick one of those at the end of the day and ask myself, has, have I seen examples of this in others? And second question, have I, have I seen an example of that in myself? Have I had an opportunity to love in that way? Have I, have I taken that opportunity to love in that way? And as we do so, it might actually flag up for us, actually some of those we find harder than others. Others might come to us a little bit more easily than others. But I think it's a really helpful thing for us to do, just to take time to reflect and to pause and actually to look at examples of where this is coming through. So Paul tells us about the why. He also talks about the how. But then he also reveals that love never ends. He goes on to say that love never ends. There are gifts of prophecy, but they will be ended. There are gifts of speaking in different languages, but those gifts will end. There is the gift of knowledge, but it will be ended. These things will end because this knowledge and these prophecies we have are not complete. But when perfection comes, the things that are not complete will end. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child, I made plans like a child. But when I became a man, I stopped those childish ways. It's the same with us. Now we see as if we are looking into a dark mirror. But at that time, in the future, we shall see clearly. Now I know only a part. But at that time, I will know fully as God has known me. So these three things continue forever. Faith, hope and love. And the greatest of these is love. Prophecy is a very good thing. The gift of being able to speak in other languages is a very good thing. The gift of knowledge is a very good thing. Everything that we've been exploring over the last few months about being a people who are led by the Spirit, being a faith-adventuring community, all of those are very good things. 
And they are things that we are called to pursue and to live out and to be obedient to God's prompting as it comes. But we also need to understand that those things will not last forever. Because there will come a point when Jesus returns and what has been broken is made new, those things won't be needed anymore. Because God himself will be with his people. But actually, there are things that will remain. There are things that will not end. There are things that will continue forever. Faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. So let's pursue the things of the Spirit. Let's pursue the Holy Spirit and His work in our lives. But let's pursue love above those things. And actually what we do flows out from love. Can you hear where my heart's coming from this morning? Actually, we need to make sure that our motivation is right. We need to make sure that our how, how we are living, reflects the call to love God and to love others. Because actually when we do so, we're setting our hearts and we're giving ourselves to those things that will never end. We're giving ourselves to those things that will last forever and go on forever. So we're going to unpack that more. We're going to explore that more over the coming weeks. And we're going to come and we're going to worship now. Luce is going to come and help us in that. But actually, this is an opportunity to already put into practice what we've just been thinking about. Because in worship, we have an opportunity to demonstrate our love for God, but we also can love others as we seek to encourage one another, as we seek to build one another up, as we seek to use the gifts that God has given to us. And I'm really excited about what Lou has prepared for us, because I think it's a great mixture of all of that. It's us expressing our worship to God, but it's also seeking God for actually how we can bless and love one another in our time together as well.